Welcome to the Abundant Life Church Sermon of the Week. We hope you enjoy this message by our guest speaker. For more information about Abundant Life Church, please visit www.abundantlifechurch.org. Hey, anybody here need a free refill today? Anybody need to be filled with the Holy Ghost to have a boldness and an excitement that you leave here with a joy in your heart? If you're one of those people, now you've had 30 seconds to sit down. So let's stand in honor of the word of God and and hear the word of the Lord tonight, the lady of God that's gonna minister. We're gonna have a celebration today. This is happy birthday part two. We appreciate your ministry. God bless you, Sister Oliver. Appreciate you. Clap your hands a little louder and give him praise. Hallelujah, hallelujah. Hallelujah. I love what I feel in this place. Jesus is here and we're going to have a wonderful time together. I have good news for you. If you decide by the end of this service that you don't like me, I'm going home today. Those of you that were here Friday night, we broke the ice and there was a wonderful time. I am not here to hurt you. I'm here to, to help you. I want Jesus to use me to help you today. That's my motive. It'd be a whole lot easier to sit home and drink iced tea and be with my grandbabies, go to church with them in Madison, Wisconsin. I've relocated. That's where I am. But this is my calling. And for 25 years, I've traveled across the globe, 48 states and five foreign countries now, many of them many times, and endeavor to do what God's called me to do. I just want to bless you today. Just take a deep breath. Put a smile on your face. You look like you're at the funeral home. It's real scary up here, I'm telling you, when you don't smile. And just help me today as I try to deliver what God has given me for you. We turn in your Bibles to the book of Acts. It is the book of salvation. I am a harvester, and so I always am dealing with the ultimate end being a harvest of souls. If you need the Holy Ghost today, you do not have it. Today's your day. If you have not been baptized in the precious name of Jesus, today's your day. Today's Salvation Sunday. Acts chapter 2 and verse 1. And when the day of Pentecost was fully come, they were all with one accord in one place. And suddenly there came a sound from heaven as of a rushing mighty wind, and it filled all the house where they were sitting. And there appeared unto them cloven tongues like as a fire, and it set upon each of them, and they were all filled with the Holy Ghost. And began to speak with other tongues or languages as the Spirit gave them utterance. God did not pick and choose just a few to give the Holy Ghost to. They were all filled. That should dispel any thought that says, it may not be for me. It is for you. It's for all of us. And what happened, the people left that room changed. There was evidence. They were speaking in another language that they'd never learned. They were 
gloriously happy as if they were drunk. And people started asking questions. Where have you been and what has happened to you? That's what should happen when we leave those doors. Where have you been and what happened? The Bible says they were pricked in their hearts. There happened to be a preacher there. Verse 37 says, Now when they heard this, they were pricked in their heart and said unto Peter and the rest of the apostles, Men and brethren, what shall we do? Then Peter said unto them, Repent and be baptized, every one of you, in the name of Jesus Christ for the remission of sins, and ye shall receive the gift of the Holy Ghost. For the promise is unto you, to your children, to all that are afar off, even as many as the Lord our God shall call. And with many other words did he testify and exhort, saying, Save yourselves from this untoward generation. Jesus doesn't save us, we save ourselves. By making the right choice. He can't save you if you don't want to be saved. Then they that gladly received his word were baptized. And the same day there were added unto them about 3,000 souls. Isn't that wonderful? And Jesus has been filling folks with the Holy Ghost with the evidence of speaking with other tongues ever since. People have been obeying the word and going down in the waters of baptism in Jesus' name ever since. We're getting ready to go to heaven. He's coming soon. And so today for your hearing, I'm going to present, yes, part two. But don't worry, you're going to get all caught up. Because when you get me, you get simple. And so if you weren't here Friday, I'm just going to catch you up. I had this table set up just like this, and you get to see it today. And for your hearing, I want to bring to you, everyone is invited. Turn to your neighbor and say, everyone is invited. And you may be seated. Pastor Kylie, thank you for this invitation. Thank you for taking care of me this weekend. So nice. And uh, today as I minister, I'm under your covering. My pastor knows where I am and I submit myself to you as I deliver the word. This is a birthday party. A celebration. And I'm going to pack up a lot of this stuff and take it out of here. And for the kids that can't stand it one moment longer... At that pizza party today, I will bring that cake back there and they can, they can divide it up in little bites and give every, every child a bite, okay? Because it's a real cake. Because this is a real church with a real Jesus and we're having a real celebration. And every time we come to church, we come to celebrate. We came up front and we lifted our hands and we celebrated. I think we need to loosen up when we come to church and celebrate because we are coming not to see one another and what we're wearing and who sings the best. The music was awesome, by the way. Not, not who plays the instruments the best and, and all of that, but we're coming every time we come for one reason, to celebrate him. The death, burial, and resurrection of Jesus Christ. That's why we're here. Hallelujah. I think you, you believe it. And so this table is set up as an analogy 
a parable per se, to just help you remember what Jesus wants you to hear today. That when you come in those doors, you're not coming to celebrate you. You're coming because the table is spread and it's someone's birthday today. Not their natural birthday. Now, perhaps it is, and happy birthday to you. Isn't it a coincidence? <laughs> but you're coming because the church body is identified in the word as the mother. You are the mom. It's mom that says, what would you like for me to do for your birthday? You want to have a party? Do you, do you want to do Frozen or Legos or, or what kind of decorations do you want? And mom goes and buys that stuff and she sets it all up for the celebration. And that's what we as the church do. This is about getting people to come in the door that need to celebrate their birth, new birth experience. And the altar is where the table is spread ready and waiting for them to come. I started out many years ago teaching kindergarten. I was a teacher first in Sunday school from the age of 14. All through my life, I have been a teacher. I was teaching Sunday school. I was typing the bulletin and directing the choir and driving a church bus. And I was very involved, but my, my secular income, my career was teacher. I was a kindergarten teacher. Now, if you've never worked with those little people, it is for young people to do. I usually had somewhere between 22 and 30 in my classroom every day, all day long, four or five, five-ish sometimes a few six-year-olds. And um, when they came to me, it is a unique situation. They've been at home in their PJs eating Fruit Loops, watching cartoons and playing freely with their toys. And one morning upon a little preparation, perhaps, mom drags them out of bed, throws breakfast down them and dresses them with shoes and everything and drops them off at my classroom. They all have post-traumatic stress <laughs> because every one of them want to turn around and go home with mommy. They don't want to be there. Now, some of them are a little braver than others and some are a little more adventurous and thank God for that because usually you have at least a handful that cry for the first two weeks. And I don't have the option to say, take them home. I don't want to be here. I don't want them. Oh no, I have to somehow figure out how to get them acclimated and teach them and show them I'm not going to harm them and I love them and, and they're going to fit in. They're going to have friends and, and it happens gradually, firm but friendly. And I watch as they start making little buddies on the playground and they start having a good time and, and I'm so relieved when they stop crying and they come in happy and, and invariably... I watch something along the lines of what I'm getting ready to tell you happen. A little boy came into my classroom. He ran up to my desk. Teacher, teacher, I have these. I have these, these envelopes. My mom, my mom said to give them out to my friends. Because I, I, need, I need to give them an invitation because I'm going to have a party. Okay, you may do so. Hurry up and get it done before the bell rings. And so I watched the little guy go down the aisle 
you get one. And you get one. No, not you, not you, not you. You get one. And I'm watching from my desk the crestfallen faces. You get one. You get one. No, no, not you, not you, not you. I'm ready for the outburst again. I'm ready to try to clean up the mess. Because mom has said, and it's understandable, we have a small house. You may have 10 children come or seven children, or you can only invite this many. And the child is obeying mom. But it was heartbreaking to watch as they open the envelope and they open the invitation and they can't read. <laughs> and what, what's, what's going to happen? Oh, I'm going to have a bouncy house. And, and we're, we're going to have pizza and we're going to have cake and ice cream. And we're going to play with water balloons. And I want you to come. It's Saturday, 2 o'clock, okay? And I have to hush that up right away. Because I see the faces of those who are ready to burst out in tears because they are not invited. Suddenly they don't belong here anymore. Something is said that causes them to feel that they don't belong. I wonder how many people come in to our church and sit on our seats and they listen to the word and they watch us and they listen to us sing and they look us over and they sit back saying, I'm really not welcome here. I really don't belong. I'll never fit in here. I'll never be what you people are. And we don't even have an idea of how they're feeling. Why? Because rejection is real and it starts way back somewhere in childhood, perhaps kindergarten, that a person decides I am not worthy I don't fit in you and I have to be conscious of those people sitting on the pew and remind them constantly that you, this is a process, a journey. We didn't get where we are overnight. We're still on that process. We're not there yet. We're not saved yet. We're, we're just walking the walk just like you are and help them understand that there is an invitation to this party. Oh yes, there is an invitation. The invitation is not one that's sent in the mail. It's not a card someone put on your door, but the invitation is official and it's in the word of God. It says, whosoever will, let him come. Anybody that wants Jesus, you belong here. You're part of this family. We're just on a journey, just on a journey to get to heaven. I would get things straightened out and it wouldn't be very long until another child would bring in those invitations. <laughs> but everybody's invited here. Every tribe, every nation, rich and poor, smart or dumb, beautiful or ugly, he made us just like we are. We are all welcome and invited. You see, the celebration is symbolic today. The little child that's invited to the party, he's so excited because mom has said he can go. Mom took him to the store and they bought the little birthday boy a gift. 
because you don't come empty-handed to a party. And for the first time, mom takes him all alone. She checks out these people in this house and she decides it's okay to leave him for a couple of hours for a party. She drops him off on the sidewalk and he skips up the sidewalk feeling so big and so proud because I get to go to a birthday party by myself. He walks up to the door. He's just a little early. And mom has bought all this stuff. So we're going to use it. He walks in that front door grinning like a possum. He's so happy just to be there. And the very first thing that happens is very unnerving. Because mom meets him at the door and says, welcome, I'm so glad you're here. We're gonna have a wonderful time. And, and your friend, my little boy is coming down in just a minute. The other kids will, will arrive in a moment. But I want you to put this cardboard pointy thing on your head. Then the elastic's gonna snap you under the chin and it might hurt you, but you need to wear this. And the kid's eyes are real big. Of course, she doesn't describe it like that, but that's the way he sees it. You know, you, you need to put this on your head. You're, you're going to love it. And he's like, I want my mom. If she hadn't already driven off, he'd be in the car. Because he don't want to wear one of those pointy things on his head. I love to walk around the church with this in my hand. People dig for a mint. <laughs> they pick up the baby. <laughs> Just anything. <laughs> Keep from making eye contact. <laughs> I can usually find one, one person that'll make eye contact with me. It's not afraid. Sometimes it's a little journey. <laughs> you guys are really tight today. You're making me a nervous wreck. I'll just tell you, you're making me a nervous wreck. I've been invited to come back. I'm going to put you on my calendar. You don't like me. You better rush and tell pastor right away after church. I know who the party animal is. I should have come straight to you. Everybody knows you're the party animal. See? You know why I know he's the party animal? Because I know that this man is not afraid to put on his party hat. When we come to church, we have to understand we're stepping into a place of praise and worship. And we don't worry about what other people think. And somebody has to be the first one to say, I'm going to stand. I'm going to clap my hands. I'm going to put on my party hat. I'm not going to worry about what everybody else thinks. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Every kid that comes in the door sees his party hat and says, I want one. Every single one says, I want one of those. I want one of those. But he had to break the ice, you see. And then I knew I could give him that party hat because he's one among many of you. That you understand that when you go out these doors, you don't put the party hat back on the table. That when I go out into this world, I am still wearing my party hat. I don't fit in. I'm different. I'm an alien, a stranger in this world. Jesus is coming. I'm here on a mission. I'm just here to tell people that Jesus is coming and tell them how to be ready. And I, I need to be able to somehow shine in a dark world. If I got my party hat on, I'm going to stand out. You know what I'm talking about? I'm not going too far down that path. I'm not your pastor. 
But I'm reminding you that when you go out into that world, you should look different, act different, do different, talk different, walk different, be different, because we got our party hat on. We're a part of a celebration. We represent Jesus Christ. The kings and queens and princes and princesses in the 1700s wore something very similar to what he has on. It had long strands of cloth that flowed behind them on the ground. The higher the hat, the longer the strands, the greater the royalty. And everyone knew everywhere they went, they are royalty. The Bible says we're a royal priesthood, a holy nation. His blood bought us. We need to be royalty in this world. You know, when you get quiet in church, Jesus is wondering why you will shout and yell and scream at the Green Bay Packers. But you won't yell and scream and shout for him. I don't believe in sensationalism. I'm happy when a church has depth like this church. Strong roots that go down deep. A good, strong Bible base. I'm thankful for that. I don't want sensationalism. But I am concerned when we go too far the other direction and we get very, very quiet because then we start appearing pious and like we've got it all together. We were born to, to worship him. That's what we were created to do. And it's all right when you come to church to clap your hands, to shout, to sing, to praise. It really is. It's okay to let the Holy Ghost get all over you. We need to shake ourselves up. People come to see what we are. We are not a denominal church that sits all the way through the service, that repeats prayers, that sings hymns from our pew quietly, that you are afraid to cough. That's not what we are. So don't act like it. <laughs> and I lied because I said I wouldn't do that while I was here, but I've done it. Oh, hallelujah. I was fading, wasn't I? I didn't even notice for a while. Aren't you proud? Mom says, I bought these things. Now, you're going to have one of these. And she gives it to every little boy and girl. And it's an amazing thing. Pastor had to call you up here and tell you what to do today. But mom doesn't have to tell. <laughs> mom doesn't have to tell him what to do. And about two minutes after she passes them out, she's sorry she did because they don't stop. They take them home in the car and they don't quit. Why? Because they've been given the ability to make noise. You and I have been given the ability to worship the Lord. We're healthy. We've got strength. We're able. So we need to do it. Ah, ah. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. We've been given the strength and the health to worship him. 
you should not have to be asked. Then mom says, now, children, it's time to eat. Gather in. We've got something to eat and something to drink. Bring your plate, line up. And the kids all line up and mom has prepared something that she knows kids will eat, something they're going to love. Pizza or corn dogs or artificial chicken fingers. <laughs> something they'll love. And they line up and she fills their plate and they're so delighted. My mom used to take me to an aunt's house. This aunt lived far away from our house. I told you Friday night, there were three of us girls. I was the baby. There was a sister six years older than me and one 12 years older than me. And then there was me. I was the oops. My mom lined us across that back seat with the imaginary lines between us that we were not allowed to cross. My mom had an arm that was longer than any arm in the world. She did not have to turn around or look at us. She had eyes in the back of her head. And the arm with one sweep could touch every single one of us without her turning around. My mom meant business. She would give us the talk on the way, mostly looking at me, that when we get there, you will sit on the couch and you will be quiet. You will not talk unless you're spoken to. You will not get up. You won't ask for anything. If we are invited to stay for lunch, we will stay for lunch. And whatever is served, you will eat it. Don't talk. I don't want to hear anything back from you. Little girls are made to be seen and not heard. I'm making up for it now. I sat on that seat, quiet, fearing my death at a young age. I knew mom meant business. Your children should know that you mean business. Thank you. One of you believes it. My mom was not my friend. She was my mother. My mom did not count to three, not because she didn't know how, but because... If we didn't do what she said, we got it. And she made a believer out of us. She did not give us a one, two, so she could work up her courage to do something. Ouch. And so there we were at my aunt's house on the couch being quiet. I wanted to get up. I wanted to play outside. I wanted to drink a water. I needed to use the restroom. I wanted to talk. I wanted to tell them all stuff. And I wasn't allowed to do anything. And I sat there. And my aunt Orlean said, would you like to stay for lunch? I could smell it. It was a big pot on the stove of sauerkraut and wieners. Now, I'm sure in a congregation this size, somebody loves that. But I can't get past the smell. Never could. Get me a little sauerkraut on a Reuben hidden with some thousand islands and I'm good, but don't give it to me with hot dogs. And I knew what would happen. We would sit at that table and she would take our plates and pile them up high and deep. 
And I knew I'd already gotten the talking to and my mom was looking at me across the table. And you see, when we were little kids, we did not spit things out. We were not allowed to say, I don't like that. We didn't say, I don't want any of that. We ate whatever they put on our, they hated kids back then. We ate whatever they put on our plate. And you know what? I am here in the flesh to tell about it. It did not kill me. I grew. And I'm here to tell you at the celebration, whatever the ministry has prepared for you to eat, you eat it with a glad heart and you eat every bit of it. And you don't go out the door saying, I didn't like that. Not going back to that party anymore. Some people don't want church unless they get cake and ice cream every week. And cake and ice cream won't get you to heaven. Because you've got to be healthy to get to heaven. Spiritually healthy. And you've got to be fed a variety of things. And things you don't even like to get to heaven. You don't get mad and say, I'm not going to any birthday parties for this family ever again. You belong to this family. So no matter what, they're your family. That's why it doesn't make sense to me for anyone saying, well, I'm just going to go up the road. I'm not being fed there. I'm going to the next church. No, what you're saying is I don't like what he's serving. And you're saying I'm going to leave my family in the celebration and go try to join another family. That's cuckoo. Go out here in the neighborhood and knock on somebody's door and say, hey, I want to come to your birthday parties. I don't like the ones my family has. That's how dumb it is to go to another church when God puts you here. Eat what you're served and like it. Why? I asked my mom why one time. Because there are starving children in Ethiopia. That's why. You don't ever tell your mother, pack it up and send it to them then. Don't ever say that. I'll never forget that day. Why? Because there are starving people out there that want this gospel. And you already have it. So we eat what we are served. It's a celebration. Oh, there's so many analogies, but time will not permit. I've got to hurry along. When you come to the party, you bring something. You don't come empty-handed. You know, lots of people collect stuff. You, you collect teapots. You'll have to tell people, stop giving them to you. You have 152 of them and no place to put them. Some men collect knives, guns. People collect things. And so when you go to a party, you try to find out, what do you like? What do you collect? You want to add to their collection. You want to bring them something they like. You don't want to bring them something dumb they're going to hate. So you find out what they like. When you come to this celebration, you're coming to celebrate Jesus Christ. 
And so you find out what is it that Jesus likes. The moment the word opens up to your heart and Jesus begins to draw you and he begins to show you what he wants and what he collects, that's the time to come. Lord, here's what I brought you. You may not think you brought anything, but you did. You have it every time you come. And all you have to do is come present him with the gift, the thing he collects. He collects hearts. Oh yes, he has a huge collection of hearts. Dirty ones, broken ones, battered ones, bruised ones, shattered ones. It doesn't matter what shape it's in. Just bring it to him. You come to the table and bring him the birthday gift. So easy to say, Jesus, I've tried to do this by myself but I don't want to run my life anymore. Please clean out my heart. Please forgive me. Let me start all over with you. Real repentance is not, I'm sorry, cry about it and go out and do it again. Real repentance is a life change. I'm not going to do it anymore. I'm going to do my best to walk with you. And the minute you mean it, You have to say it with your mouth. You can't just come up here and cry and somebody touch you on the head. You have to confess it with your mouth. But the minute you do, you allow him to go into your heart. Without reservation, he goes into your heart. You'll find out he's not like everybody else. You know, if I show you my heart, you let me look in your heart. You mean you did all that? You better cry some more. That's how we treat each other. Harsh. I'm so glad Jesus is not like everyone else. So if you've been thinking that perhaps you can't come to the altar because he's like everybody else in your life that says, I'll forgive you, but I'll never forget it. No, real forgiveness is I don't hold it to your charge. I release you from it. The moment that you bring him your heart, he doesn't even look in there. He's already know, knows what you've done. So I'm a little kid. My my heart doesn't look like that. Yes, it does. Even if you've never done anything wrong, you've been the best person in the whole world. Your heart looks like that. Because the Bible says you're born with a dirty heart. When you're a little tiny baby, your heart already looks like this. And you won't go to heaven with a dirty heart. So all you have to do is bring it to Jesus. Lord, I'm sorry. I want to do better. With one sweep of his hand, he cleans out your heart. He leaves a clean, empty spot that he can move into. (laughs) Hallelujah. Sin makes a mess. It's laying up here on this floor. I make a mess everywhere I go. Because that's not going away until I make the trek to this tank and let the pastor take me down in Jesus name I come out of that water and that is gone it's very important we do what scripture tells us to do Everyone that was baptized in the Bible was baptized in the name of Jesus. If you're not sure how you've been baptized, you don't remember what they said. If you did it another way, I beg you today, don't go out to dinner, don't do anything else before you walk up here and let this pastor baptize you. You must take on the name of Jesus. 
or you won't go to heaven. There are people who sit in every congregation that have dug in their heels and said, that's not the way my grandma did it. That's not the way my family does it. That I've already done enough, etc., etc. Listen, I'm trying to help you today to understand that grandma is responsible for what she did or what she knew or did not know. Loose it. Loose yourself from it. It's not up to you to live somebody else's salvation. Leave her in the hands of the Lord. Leave your family in the hands of the Lord. But you've heard the word. Now you know truth. You're going to be responsible for what you've heard. And those that follow up behind you, quit putting it off. But Sister Oliver, I, I already have the Holy Ghost, but I, but, but I never spoke in tongues. Listen, I'm not going to take away what you feel, what your life is with Jesus. There are many good people. That it's all through the Old Testament where people did wonderful things and God was with them. I wouldn't take that away from you. I know people that have God with them that act more like Christians than people that have God in them. Did I just say that? Just flew out of my mouth. I'm sorry. So certainly no one is telling you you don't have an experience. But I'm telling you there's more. There's more. If you came to me today and said, Sister Oliver, I found something in the Word. And you don't, you don't have it yet. I'm going to show you this. And you open your Bible and you show me. I'd say, oh, I'm going to the altar right now to get that. If there's more, I want it. Quit being stubborn. Just make your way to the table today and open your gift. It really is that simple. No pressure. Nobody has to touch you. Matter of a few moments, you'll be saying words in another language you never said before. There was a little girl, six years old, she rode the church van. Her mom never came to church. Her dad wasn't in the picture at all. She sat on the front row and listened to a message about the dirty heart and the clean heart. When it came time to pray, the little girl came to the front lined up with all the other children and adults that wanted the Holy Ghost. This is Holy Ghost Sunday. Get out of your head. It's just for the kids. This is Holy Ghost Sunday for everybody. Every week I see adults receive the Holy Ghost. She was lined up there with all the others and the bus driver came to me and he said, this little girl is from a horrible home life. My wife had to go in and find her some clothes and shoes this morning. She's always hungry. We have to feed her a full breakfast when we get her here. Sometimes she has not eaten for 24, 48 hours. She is really, really suffering with a broken heart. The little girl came to the altar and she closed her eyes and raised her hands and lifted her voice. I leaned down and she was doing just fine without me. Jesus... I'm sorry for the bad things I've done. I want the Holy Ghost. I want you to move in my heart, Jesus. Really is that simple. And all of a sudden, as she gave Jesus the gift she brought him, 
her lip and tongue started wiggling and the Holy Ghost began to come in. Would you come to the keyboard and play softly? I've been there in the altar with thousands. I stopped counting at 15,000 people that I've witnessed receive the baptism of the Holy Ghost. In Africa, in France, in Guam, in Australia, in Pohnpei, Saipan, Koshai, the Micronesian Islands. I've seen people receive the Holy Ghost all over the world. There's nothing any more precious than that little baby. Her hands just go and the Holy Ghost in her hands. And her lip and tongue just wiggling. And nobody had to help her because you don't help somebody open a gift. Quit scaring people off by touching them and screaming in their face and talking in tongues in their ear. Quit doing that. You can't give them the Holy Ghost. He gives them the Holy Ghost. It's a gift. Their birthday's already on his calendar. And she opened her gift just ever so sweetly on that Sunday morning. She stopped with her mouth just wiggling and strange words, just two or three syllables, she began to form with her mouth. You see, when Jesus gives you the Holy Ghost, he fills your heart. He starts filling you and he keeps filling and filling and filling until it gets all the way up to the top. And when you feel like it can't feel any better than this, he keeps filling until the Holy Ghost gets right here. Then strange words come to your mind. And the minute they do, the devil will tell you, you're making those up. It can't be that easy, he'll tell you. You're going to do it wrong, he'll tell you. You're just a little kid, he'll tell you. Whatever you will listen to, he will tell you. At that moment, he does not want you to speak it out. But you have a choice because God won't make you a puppet. He doesn't move your mouth for you. When those words begin to flow, you move your mouth and you choose to yield to the Spirit to let Him take over that unruly member, the tongue, that gets us in so much trouble. And you move your mouth and let the words out. I watched her as she did that. Her lip and tongue were just wiggling and the words began to flow. And a big, beautiful smile came on her face. That little girl, six years old, talked in tongues for quite a little while and when she was finally laying in the floor because she couldn't stand up anymore the music had stopped and the bus driver came to me um sister Oliver I got to get her on the bus I have to take her home can can you help me I said sure I went over and took her under the arms and stood her up and she's he said, um, Sister Oliver, can you, can you make her stop? Because I got I to gotta take her home now. I said, I'm not stopping her. 
just put her on the bus. Let her talk in tongues on the bus. He said, well, okay, okay. But he said, I have one problem. You see, her mom, her mom was drunk. She was passed out on the couch this morning when my wife went in to get her. And her mom's not going to quite understand all this. And so, you know, can, can you give me a little pointer? What do, what do I tell her mom? I said, don't tell her anything. Throw her in the door and run. He said, are you serious? I said, the Bible says a little child shall lead them. She's walking in with the power of the Holy Ghost. Do we forget who we are when we walk out those doors? You see, when you leave here, you're leaving with the candles lit. Don't worry, I've only caught two churches on fire. I'll tell you those funny stories another time. One of those churches never had me back. There's water in this cup. I threw it in a dry cup once. No damage. Candles lit. She got off the bus. They walked her up the walk. She was so drunk on the Holy Ghost she could not stand up. They took her in the door and shut it behind her. Her mom was laid out on the couch, drunk from the night before. That little girl walked in with her candle lit. She told the story. I went to my bedroom and I laid down on my little pink rug and I couldn't stop praying and I just kept crying and talking in tongues and I kept praising Jesus in tongues and finally my mom came in and she said, get up! Get up from there. What are you doing? Stop doing that. What are you saying? She said, Mama, Mama, Mama church today, all the, all, all, all the kids were in the sanctuary and Jesus cleaned out my dirty heart and he moved in my heart. He gave me the Holy Ghost, Mama. Mama was mad. She went to the phone. She called the pastor. I want you to come over here right now. Something happened to my child at your church this morning. I want you to come over here right now. Pastor said, sure. We'll be right over. Little girl said, my mama, my mama said to me, the Holy Ghost is not real. There's no such thing. We're going to get this all straightened out. You stop it. Stop it right now. You stop talking in tongues. Nothing happened to you at that church. Mama tried her best to tell the little girl. The little girl said, I, I couldn't stop. I just kept praising the Lord. I kept talking in tongues. She said, pastor came and he came to the door and he walked in and he opened the Bible. He said, let's look at Acts chapter 2. He read what I read to you today. They said at that kitchen table, mama went from being mad to weeping she said, I just feel something special I've never felt before. She said, I don't know what this is, but I know that I've been searching for it all of my life. Why? Because Jesus had her date on the calendar. Your birthday's already on his calendar. Today's somebody's birthday. Spiritual birthday. 
these dumb magic relight candles. Take that, devil. We're going to relight it. That little girl stood with her hand on her mama's back, talking quietly in tongues. As mama lifted her hands, repented of her sins, and received the baptism of the Holy Ghost sitting at the kitchen table. I was there Sunday night when mama and her little girl were baptized in Jesus' name together. I watched the change. It's been 12 years. And that mama has a nice car, a good job. She's bringing that little girl to church. They're living for God. She doesn't drink alcohol anymore. That little girl has food to eat, clothes to wear. That's what Jesus will do. You just got to let him walk into your life. When we walk out of here, we've got a light that the world can't shut out. Hallelujah. So we come and repent. Bring him our hearts. You don't just repent one time. You live a repentant life. If you're having trouble breaking through to the Holy Ghost, you have it, but you haven't broken through, repent. Start over again. Don't let the devil tell you you didn't receive the Holy Ghost. You did. Most people, they did receive it. The devil tries to talk you out of it. You'll get it again. And it'll be bigger than the first time. Those of you that don't have the Holy Ghost, today's your day. If I thought I could give you all the money that I have, which is very little. Any belongings that I have, it's just not many. If I thought I could weep and cry and grovel at your feet to get you to come, I would. Because I'm as sure as I'm standing here that Jesus is coming soon. And we're not going up unless we have been baptized in Jesus' name and filled with the gift of the Holy Ghost with the evidence of speaking in tongues. That's the only way the Bible tells us to be saved. Would you stand? Thank you for listening to this Abundant Life Church podcast. We pray it has strengthened your relationship with God and will continue to be a light unto your pathway to heaven. If you have any questions or comments regarding this podcast, please telephone our ministerial team at 262 262- 965-5177 or email us at info at abundantlifechurch.org.